Welcome, guys, to the MMOs.com podcast. We are on a special episode this week, 84. Last episode of the year, and this is Altai, joined by... Omer. Oh, and Matt. Yeah, right. That's <laughs> it. We just discussed there's no Sean or Sean this week. I know. It's just... You know how we said last week that when somebody's missing, just all off, right? It, it everything ruins everything. I, I didn't hear Sean say something, and I just my brain didn't say, "Okay, it's time to say my name." Mm-hmm. Say my name. Say my name. All right. So, in case people are curious, Sean is with family in uh, New Jersey, while Shu, I think, is uh, on her way to spend some time in Vegas with her mom, and I might see her later to hang out. But I think beyond that, we just have us three this week. The three, the three amigos here. The three manly men of the podcast. Dedicated. Yes, Pro that's the word. Dedicated. Right All right. I think I think we have the best attendance award too. Us three. I think we do. Yeah. So the three dedicated people are here, and because Gummy's not here, we don't have a proper weekly raid. And instead, we'll go with uh, how was your how was your holidays? And more importantly, how was your Steam holidays with the Steam uh, oh. holiday sale or winter sale? Did you guys pick anything else? Anything up for you guys? Yeah, I picked up Grand Theft Auto V finally because it went on sale for half off. And um, I also picked up Rise of the Tomb Raider because it was half off. All right. Uh-huh. Uh, for me, it's, rather than a Steam uh, <coughs> pickup, I actually did some heresy. I actually, My brother got a PS4 for his birthday, or I, I got him one, and he's been playing Final Fantasy on it. And I, on the other hand, kind of went crazy with all the... Console exclusives I've missed out on being a PC gamer. So I have no intention of buying any cross-platform games for the PS4. But I did purchase Until Dawn, and I beat that with my brother. Uh, that was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed that. I bought the Nathan Drake collection because that, that quadrilogy is uh, exclusive on PlayStation. And I bought, and I mentioned earlier I had Ratchet and Clank. So those are the games I bought this holiday season. Uh, so far, I'm very happy with the ones I did buy. And they were all very cheap. I, I paid like $10, $15 for each one. Uh, so yeah, that was my haul. So you've My, played Uncharted? I haven't started that one yet. We just beat Until Dawn. I'm um, starting Uncharted probably today or tomorrow. All right. That, that game gets cheap, but it's fun. All right. Nice. <laughs> I've heard good things, so I'm actually looking forward to playing that as well. That's a game we can both just chill on the couch and like soak in, so that'll be a lot of fun. Uh, for me, I ended up buying uh, something earlier today. And probably, I think Matt recommended this to me a while ago. Matt, I'm going to pop my visual novel, Cherry. I bought Stein's Gate on Steam. It was on sale. Yes! All right, I've heard great things about it. I read some of the reviews. Everyone's like, look, I really like the anime, but like the the visual novel was so much better. I've never played a visual novel before. So this is going to be my my VN Cherry Poppin'. So I'm really looking forward to playing that. I mean, it was still kind of expensive. Like, again, I don't know my price points for visual novels. It was like, it was 20% off, which is great. So I paid like 27 bucks for it. But I'm, if I enjoy it, it's money well spent. Plus, I get to enjoy, uh, you know, supporting the people that made Steins Gate. So that alone is is worth. I think they rarely go on sale. Yeah, they I figure because I've never seen it on sale before. And this is I'm like, you know what? I gotta do it. You know, it's like on the front page over here. I gotta do it. I didn't even look for. It. I just saw on the front page and I clicked on it. Cool. Good shit. All right, I have a question. What All are right. your MMO solutions? MMO solutions. MMO solutions. All right. These are MMO I have one. resolutions, by the way, for 2017. I got one. My MMO resolution for 2017 is to have 999 million gil in Final Fantasy 14. That is the cap. I want wow. to be gil capped in Final Fantasy 14. 
So explain a little about that. You've been you've been pretty heavy on that and you've been doing pretty well this past few days. I believe you're a third of your way to your goal even before the year has clocked in. Yes, I have 318 million gil on Final Fantasy 14 at the moment and I am going for 999. I've had a very good last two weeks with some heavy uh, gamblers in the game. And it's now people are asking, it's not necessarily the cap, it is the most you can have on you at once. You can put 999 million on your retainers. So they're your, your NPCs that sell stuff for you. So they can hold as a bank, 999 million as well. So you can have 99 million yourself and then 999 million on each retainer. But you know, it's still a cap on a per character basis. And I actually have a funny story on my uh, my casino in Final Fantasy, but let's go around the table first, get everyone else's uh emotions, goals, dreams. All right, I'll start. 250 Maple Story is one. That's that's a tough one. I mean, because it does get so much lower once you get around 200. I've seen people play it around 200, and I'm looking at their experience, like gain as they're grinding. It is so slow at that level. But yes. God bless. If you can do it, if you can do it, Altai, that'd be uh, awesome. We'll see. We'll see. All right. Yeah. So my goal is to find another game that I can spend 500 hours on. This. That's fair. What was, what like, was your last game? Yeah, that we're you spent all chasing that, though, right? <laughs> yeah. That's always, that's always a chase. There you go, Black Desert. Black Desert was the last one I spent 500 hours on. Always looking for the hunt there. Hopefully uh, hopefully you find it. But So one quick question before you get to your story. Yeah. Uh, another question. What what MMORPG specifically are you most looking forward to in 2017? Did we, did we cover this? Kind of. We it's worth going we, over we, again. It's worth going over again. For me, it was Peria Chronicles. Again, there is no firm release date, but it was the it was the, it was the MMO I asked Santa for in the last week or the week before that. And we talked a lot about it and why it's different and it has potential to actually be something different. It's more like Minecraft than uh than an MMORPG, and it's but it's still got the MMORPG mold. So that's what I'm excited for. Hmm. I don't I don't know what I'm most excited for. A lot of the games that I've been watching don't really have enough to like say that I've been. That I'm excited about them, you know what I mean. I'm just kind of casually watching a lot of. Them. Yeah. Um, I'm terrified of what's going to happen with the Bless NAEU version, so I I can't exactly say I'm excited about that. I'm I'm more like cringing every time I think about it. <laughs> um, I don't know. Right now, it's just a lot of wait and see for me. Uh, a lot of the games that I was curious about, I've already played the foreign versions, so. Mm -hmm. A lot of you the killed your excitement. You killed your own excitement by playing the foreign versions, right? I'm uh, I'm excited for any one of the Western uh, crowdfunding games to actually release. Any one of them. So uh, you're talking Profile, <laughs> um, Albion, uh, Shards. Um, actually, sh uh, even Shard of the Avatar. I think I'll try if it fully releases. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if I like there... it, but I'll I'll try it if it releases. I read that they're aiming for release this coming year. Yeah, uh, even, that, even the announcement push. about them ready for release, they're talking about second quarter of 2017. That's like six months away. Yeah, it's going to happen then. It's happening. It's a long way though, man. Who knows what's happening in six months? All right. I'm also sitting there like, aren't most of their graphics still placeholder according to them? Like, yeah. they're going to just suddenly replace that in six months? Mm -hmm. Do a couple more of those telethons, all right? Raise more money. No problem. It's a good cause. Sort of. <laughs> All right. Well, I had a I had a grand old time in Final Fantasy uh, this last week, so I have a little bit of a story. Um, many of you guys already know I, I run a casino in Final Fantasy fourteen, and people you know they come up and play. One guy in particular uh, led to a pretty amazing story. 
So he lost. He ended up. First of all, one funny thing about the casino. Basically, the way it works is you you place a bet between 10k and 5 million, and then you type slash random. That gives you a random roll between zero and 999. So the way my casino works is if you roll above a 590, you win. So 590 and higher wins double their money. 950 and higher wins triple their money. And a score of 999 wins seven times their money. Overall, I got a house edge of about 12%, which is a good chunk of change, right? Uh, one fellow came by. My brother is showing him. I actually had a, a screenshot I was going to show, but it's that fellow. He ended up playing, and he lost uh, about $50 million. That's a lot of money in the game. $50 million gil is probably equivalent to about $75 in RMT money, which is a pretty good chunk of change. If you want to do retail, that's actually like over $250. i am talking like wholesale level of being worth $75. Bucks. So he lost a lot of money, and being the bright guy that he is, he actually ended up making his own casino to try getting his money back. And so he's advertising his casino the same place I am, right? So he figures that he lost all this money to Remote. He lost all his money to me that he can he can get most of it back through some kind of casino. And he advertises a casino. And I look at his casino. I'm like, wait a minute. Something is off over here. So I'm, gonna sh I'm sharing a screenshot in a podcast. And this is his casino. And if you guys can take a look at his casino, see if you can spot what the problem is. It should be pretty obvious because immediately after seeing it, I message my friend and I say, this guy is pretty dumb. I'm pretty sure that's a positive EV and I'm going to gamble with him. So if you're not familiar with the term EV, it means expected value. So he's advertising casino where he's taking the same tier bets I am. He's advertising. He takes 10K to 5 million. He gives double the money on 560 and higher and three times the money on 850 or higher. So I ran the math very quickly after seeing this. I'm like, wait a minute. If he's offering those odds, those odds are advantageous to the player. So while I normally have a 12% edge, his casino is offering players a 20% advantage because he doesn't understand math. You know, if he's offering double their money on 560 or higher, and he, but then he's offering triple on 850. So even though he's going to win more games because he wins on any roll 561 or higher to win, he will lose more money because he's offering triple on a whopping 150 rolls between 850 and 999. So I walk up to him and I start gambling with him. Like I'm the, I start gambling and he doesn't realize like he it didn't connect with this guy. Why is this other guy gambling with me when he's running his own casino? So he's taking my bets. I bet 3 million gil. I win 3 million. I lose. I bet 3 million. I win. So I'm winning or losing. Right. And I'm playing for like 30 minutes. So 45 minutes later of playing with this guy, he loses 75 million gil to me. He loses everything. He has, and it, I, I bet another five million. He's like, "Sorry, I can't. I can't take your money. I have no more money to pay out." So he literally lost everything he had running his casino, and he's whispering me like, "Man, how did I lose? Like, how is this possible, man? You made all this money with your casino, and I was trying to do this. I lost all this money, and I'm just like, oh my god, dude, do you not realize like your odds are awful? You, it's you can't win with your odds. You are guaranteed to lose money because you're offering players a twenty percent advantage." And this guy lost all his money. He ended up leaving the server. He actually rage demolished his large house, Shame. which is worth like two hundred million, and he just left. He just he just rage quit the server after that. He he was so ashamed he couldn't show his face anymore. You know that, that's what it was. Um, hmm. This is this book. It's called The Richest Man in Babylon, and one of the chapters basically it's a parable. And basically what it says is you know like don't spend all your money doing something you don't understand, right? So. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's like some rich guy going to a restaurant and he sees, oh, this restaurant's full. 
It must be making lots of money. It must be so easy. Let me open a restaurant. So then he spends all his money opening a fancy restaurant. And then he realizes, you know, you got to coordinate the chefs, the cooks, the waitresses, the advertising, the mm-hmm. cleaning. And he, and he gets overwhelmed and he loses all his money. So this is a story of a guy who lost some money gambling. And instead of learning his lesson, he, said, he thought he could just do it himself without understanding mm-hmm. what that meant. And you have to know what you're doing to do something. But the clues were there. Like, I walked out to him and said, okay, are these really your odds, right? He's like, yes. And he could have at any moment questioned why I was playing with him. Like, as, as somebody who runs a casino, he didn't question while I was playing with him. And every time I won, I was like, hee hee, I guess I got lucky. You know, I'm kind of like teasing him so he keeps playing. I don't want him to stop taking I mean, my bets. The clues were there for you. But don't forget, if, yeah. if, if you don't know how to read, right, written clues don't mean anything to you. So and if you don't know math, which uh, probability, which this guy clearly didn't, the clues don't mean, you know... It, you're right. You're right. It could it could be like ten times on eight fifty plus. He still wouldn't get it because he doesn't know what he's you know he doesn't know the math, right? So yeah. Uh, huh? <laughs> that's that's my Final Fantasy story, and because of this guy, I was at before he started playing, I was at one hundred sixty million. When I was done with him, I was over three hundred million. So another story about this. I, when I when you were running this casino, I was so surprised. I automatically assumed it would be banned to run a casino in Final Fantasy because so many games these days, including World of Warcraft. Our care bearer land where you can't you know you can't like swear people you can't yep. like grief people you can't like you know you get in trouble for these kind of things scamming uh so mm-hmm. i was surprised to hear um this game allowed it and it's a good thing i i i you know i look for, you know favorably on games that kind of allow this kind of player interaction i think any game that allows players to just kind of do what they want i mean i can't understand developers going after people if they scam people right i, mean, I can still say scamming and thievery is like a part of the game, but I can understand their rationale for clamping down on cheating and scamming. Because scamming results in people having you know less fun, and they can say that to make their game more fun, they want you know people to not get scammed. So their rule is that as long as you're not scamming people, you can do whatever you want in the game, as long as both parties understand. And because the the dice rolling mechanic is in the game, it can be verified by a third party GM. They are a okay with it. So they'll go, they'll go back at the logs if they got accused of scamming, and they'll find out if you scammed. And if you did scam, they will ban you. So I'm okay with the way they do it. I'd also like to add, um, just you know, I'm sure a lot of people in comments might be thinking, wow, you know, Omar hurt, hurt this guy, right? But I think you did him a favor because end of the day, even all his money in the game, like $150 million, is like mm-hmm. you said, at most, what, $100, $200? A couple hundred dollars, yeah, a couple at hundred most. Dollars. I think he learned an important lesson. Uh, and I'm sure he, at the moment he felt desperation, sadness, anger, regret, right? But again, it was only, and I, I'm not trying to say $100, $200 is not a lot of money, but in the grand scheme of things, it's not a lot of money. So, I, you know, somebody like this could have been broken at a real casino uh, for, and lost his house in real life, right? <laughs> yeah. So maybe this experience, and maybe he's young, I don't know how old this guy is, this experience might inoculate him to a similar <laughs> experience in real life uh, one day. And, you know, I'm sure it's happened to a lot of people listening where you get scammed in a video game when you're a kid, and it kind of opens your mind to the you know, possibility of people not always telling the truth. I know that was the case for me. Uh, so there it is. I mean, you guys keep missing the point that you keep assigning a real world value based on what it's sold for on like black yeah. markets, basically. But most people aren't ever going to buy or sell any of their money. So it doesn't really have a real world value. To yeah, you're anyways. right. Yeah, that's exactly. True. So the value is like zero for him, probably. Yeah. It's just time, his time in the game. Yeah. And 
I do think there is there is a value to that real world lesson that he learned. I mean, I don't think I did anything particularly wrong. There was no cheating going on. You know, every time he won, he could, actually this guy he was up at a certain point, up a couple of million on me, and he could have walked away, and he didn't. You know, everything was done on the up and up. I actually don't. You know, if a game doesn't allow scamming, I, I'm not going to break their terms of service. I'm, I'm going to respect the rules of the game. So I, 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 you know, I honored the rules. He just uh, happened to keep betting. Most people won't buy Gil, is what Matt did say, and that's correct. I think. Most players, whether you know, they aren't going to participate in real money transactions. People that play WoW, most people do not buy guild, buy gold, or sell their gold. They just play the game for fun. A very small group of people end up buying and selling the actual currency. Maybe that would be a good weekly raid one week. Uh, maybe an anonymous poll. Have you, per, you know, done an RMT where you're either either the buyer or the seller in an MRPG? Mm -hmm. And two, would you ever? I'm That's really fair. Curious That's interesting. To see what people's number. I know. I know. I've met people that are vehemently against it, and it, it kind of makes their blood boil. Like the whole concept of you know, people buying or selling. Uh, I've you know I've met people who actually purchased. Met people who haven't. So I'd be quick, quick question for the for the roundtable here as well. Do you have any like fundamental problem if I you know like let's say like with people that do buy in game <laughs> currency. Like, do you think they're they're ruining the economy? Do you think like they're buying an unfair advantage or anything? Do you see a pro? Do you have, do you see a problem I, with it? I don't see a problem with it, but like, okay, I don't see a problem with it on the end of the person that's buying it. Like, if someone okay. makes it available to you, like, mm -hmm. I I can't blame them. People don't even realize when they're getting like scammed out of their passwords because they won't check their URLs. I don't expect mm -hmm. them to have any concept of like what this could possibly do to a game. I have issues with um the fact that it exists in that like someone is allowed to profit off of a digital like technically copyrighted currency within a game that i have issues with that you know and it's just it's very odd to me but i i don't like the way that anyone has tried to stop it so i mean i i'd, I'd rather it exist mm -hmm. than they try to stop it and they do something like black desert did so, I mean, I'm I'm pretty conflicted on it. I just right. by what Black Desert you mean like to restrict trade? Yeah, restricting trade. Yeah, that's awful. That's the worst possible well, solution. The biggest problem, right? They not only restricted trade, they made it so that the auction house automatically uh, changed prices on its own based on whether people went higher or lower than the average price on average. Mm -hmm. Oh, so you couldn't really f set your price? In no, you you had a you had a certain bar. And you could stay within that bar, right? That range. And if it trended downwards, the price would automatically start trending downwards over time. And then if it trended upwards, the pri the average price right in the center where it automatically set you would start trending up over time. So do you think they did that to kind of prevent people from transferring m money or Large goods money at, a, at a discount or inflated price? Probably, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. But that's such a bad way to fight it. It just really screws up like the whole purpose of like the semblance of like being in a virtual economy in a virtual world, the restriction on trade. But uh, Aaron, what about you? Do you think there's anything fundamentally wrong with you know yes, RMT? Yes. If the game doesn't allow it, it doesn't allow it. But the onus of enforcement falls on the developer, right? So mm -hmm. if somebody, if people are spamming gold selling links, like MMO bomb, whatever, MMO attack or whatever was. What, yeah, there's, there's, there's a whole bunch yeah, of that. Yeah, like, okay, you know, buy this much gold here, right? You can't blame the guy who's control Ving, right, for five cents an hour in China. Or yeah, whatever. yeah, no, I'm not blaming him. It's very simple for the developer to tackle this, and if, if they can't or won't, you know, the issue is with them. So I don't think it's fair to say it's simple for the developer. It's not simple. It's not. Come it's on, so no one's simple. 
No, WoW hasn't figured it out. A $20 billion company like Blizzard hasn't figured it out. Literally no game has figured this out. Square Enix hasn't figured it out. Name one MRPG that has figured this out. It's so but easy. It's completely restricted to the point that it's not worth it. Yeah. I think it's an issue. of It's one of those cases where you want to minimize it, but you don't want to go the extra you know, 10% to get rid of it. Because a lot of your power spenders, like in a free-to-play game, like what's a, what's a game you can spend a lot of money in? Whatever, okay? Like whatever game. The people who spend the most money on the in the actual item mall are probably also the people who do the most RMTing, right? I'm, yeah, I would say the ma- maybe. I, I I mean it depends because they might just want to spend the money within the con within the confines of the game where they know that their uh, purchases are validated. Yes, but again, they're more, they're, I'm saying there's overlap because if you're more if if you're willing to spend in a game. You're also willing to spend in a game for the currency as well, uh, and I have a st- I have a story about this actually. Back in my retail days, I also did retail for a bit in high school. Uh, there was a guy who got caught cheating. Uh, excuse me, uh, stealing. Okay, at a comic book shop, he was stealing magic packs. His mom came in, and his mom's like, "You know, my son spends a lot of money here," and that was trying to that was her way of trying to get out of like us calling the police on him. You know, that doesn't justify it. It's a douche. And that's the thing. The people who, the regulars, right? The regulars, they kind of maybe they felt entitled to steal once in a while because they were spending so much money anyway. So I think a lot of, in a lot of times, developers have this issue where they they can see on their end all this. It's not. It's pretty obvious to see a guy, a level one character, walk up to this. You know, a guy who plays twelve hours a day and drop like you know twenty trades on him, giving all this money once a week. And if you're the developer, you know this guy's spending like five hundred dollars a month on your cash shop. Do you want to ban him? Even no. if you see him. You- it's uh, a business decision. Exactly. They don't want to ban so, him. I think there's a big overlap between people buying in the cash shop and people buying <laughs> RMT. No, but what about a game like WoW? Okay, but where here's, here's where that logic doesn't make sense. It's one yeah. thing to not ban the guy who's buying it, right? But it's not another thing to not ban the guy that's selling it. Oh, yeah. Why can't they control no, the selling? They, ban, they probably ban him. But again, it's a level one character. What are they, how are they gonna? No, but you said it was easy to stop. And if you can't stop the source of the sellers, forget the buyers. You know, if you oh, fix the the seller meant, part, you I fix meant, the problem. What I, meant, what I meant is, if you ban a few of the big wigs. They'll 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 stop buying. Cause you're gonna, you, you, you they're, can't they're ban the buyer. The buyer is not the problem. Well, my my only point was it's easy to stop if they wanted to. No, it, I don't through, think so. Through, they'll, they'll find clever ways to, to make it un, undetectable. I don't think so. Cause remember, the clever people are the sellers. The buyers are yes. dumb people with lots of money. So yeah, and 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 the clever sellers will instruct the buyers on the best way to trade. In fact, I was curious. I was looking at the RMT websites for Final Fantasy, and they have multiple ways to do it. They say we can sell you an item, an overpriced item in the auction in the auction house, basically. But this might be a little risky because Square Enix can detect that. Yeah. In fact, the best way to do it is we meet you in game, and you invite us to your guild house, and we just deposit all the money into your guild bank, and then we leave. That's undetectable for them. But why is it undetectable? That's because any player be could donate money. No, but any player could. Theoretically, put money in a guild bank, and, and any amount of money. Level so a level one is going to walk into a guild. No, all the... Yeah. Okay. Deposit the maximum that. amount, right? Ten times. Conceivable. My other my other account it was conceivable. It was one guildmate's other account or something. There's there's no way to know for sure, like hundred percent case, what the issue was, unless you're literally looking line by line in every single transaction in the database to look out for these. Come on. I think it's one of those cases where they turn ready. So it's happening over there. You look this way. Kind of like the brown bag with alcohol. You know, the cops don't... As long as you're not... You know, if it's if it's not, you know, too and open, no, I don't think anyone cares. And that's, that's what the issue is. <laughs> Anyways, I, I think that it's not widespread enough of a thing to actually... That's what I was getting at. My only personal issue with it is, honestly, 
I, I have a problem with developers, let's say, selling currency directly to their players. Like, let's say you can buy currency directly from Square Enix. I have a problem with that because it seems like a semblance of unfairness. But if you're buying from other people, provided it's not duped or exploited and illegally obtained, I feel like that's just a secondary market. And that's like, that's okay. Regardless of what the terms of service say, it seems like it's kind of fair almost. If it's not cheated in any other way or like, you know, scammed. Here's a problem with that. All this money is coming from body. Or Probably, yes. Or yes, all the RFT money comes because from that. You're right. No, the, if you do the math, if you actually do the quest or the proper content, your hourly wage, if you're only doing it to sell, um, is, is you know, low even in like third world countries. It's not it's not a viable buildup. Okay, here's, here's the other problem with it. You're assigning a real world value to something that doesn't have a real world value. It does. Well, it does. Well, well, what, what, value is what willing people want to trade. So it does have a real world value. But, but what I'm saying is the money has no real world value until someone assigns it to it. Yeah, until someone. Let's say, Matt, you have a hundred million gil on Final so... Fantasy. That has eighty dollars wholesale value. I will pay you, Matt, today eighty dollars, and I will take that. I will take that gil and flip it to somebody else for ninety. It has value right away because you could sell it. But what I'm saying is it doesn't have it before that. Yes, but there's always that that floor of the wholesale like level that you can sell it at, even if you don't know about it. It's there. There's like a, a market floor almost that you can wholesale your money at. But what what I'm saying is it in it naturally breaks the economy by existing in a way like it doesn't like affect it as much as people think it does. It's not like yeah, no, yeah, right. It's not a big deal. Regardless. But it naturally breaks the economy because you've assigned a real world value to something that had none before. It was just this item had this currency value, but now this currency has another value. This currency is equivalent to dollars, so now these items are equivalent to dollars. Yeah. And so it naturally breaks the curve. Not about breaks, but it does. It does impact it in a funny way. It ways. does impact it. This is a different discussion. Yeah. I, I, I'm yeah. actually fascinated by the economic side of MMORPGs more than you know, most other sides. So mm -hmm. it's something to think about. Um, but maybe it's a discussion for another time. We've been dwelling on dice rolls for a while now. Yeah, enough enough dice roll talk. <laughs> but I mean, it's worth getting Final Fantasy news out of the way because the big news this week was. Uh, FanFest happened in Japan while everybody was celebrating you know, Christmas here in the West. And they do, I believe they do an event in Vegas. They do one in Japan. They do, they do one in, in Europe as well. So they have like three FanFests for like all the big regions, Europe, North America, and, and Japan. And the news that came out, the big news was uh, they have a, a, a tentative release date of June 20th for Stormblood. Obviously, anyone <coughs> playing Final Fantasy is pretty excited for that. And you can see some actual like gameplay for a change. Before, their first expansion trailer was a CGI trailer. So now that, this will be another job in the game. And unlike other jobs, you can actually start off at level 50, kind of like oh. the Dark Knight, actually. Wow. And it's just another you know fun thing to play. And I think the biggest news, though, is that level cap will be 70. This was, this was already out before, but the only real news that came out was the tentative release date, and they confirmed the Red Mage. But having level cap of 70 in Final Fantasy is going to keep people so busy. There are completionists playing the game that have so many characters at level 60 right now. And just to get their current characters to level 70 on, you know, with this, with this, you know, increased level cap is going to take forever. You know, if you're 60 on everything, to get to 70 on everything next will take such a long time that, like, raising the level cap in a game like Final Fantasy that has this multi, you know, class system is it gives you so much more to do and keep yourself busy. And there was a, there's always this thing where Yoshi P, the the head design uh, producer of Final Fantasy, depending on what T-shirt he wears, he's hinting at what's going to come in the game, and he wore a. <laughs> Yeah, and this time in in Japan, right? He wore a Spider-Man T-shirt. So now the people are speculating, of course, what Spider-Man means. All right, 
And this actually foreshadowed, his t other t-shirts have foreshadowed every other change. And people speculated on the Red Maze before, on, I think, what he wore in the in FanFest in Vegas. I actually forgot right now, but it's pretty funny that people speculate based on what t-shirt he wears. That's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. The Red Mage is such a weird class. It's a magic class that uses a rapier. Yeah, it's kind of cool. So weird, though. It is, is that how weird. It's pronounced? Rapier. I, I, yeah. I just called it rapier. I always call it. I rapier. could be wrong. But I knew. I knew. I knew I was wrong. <laughs> but I think people are speculating that samurai will be next. Uh, people are also kind of waiting for a dancer. It's so like even like a class like dancer sounds kind of cool. Final Fantasy does have some interesting classes, like because you've had it in like Final Fantasy Tactics and stuff. But that's definitely pretty cool. I'm looking forward to it. But they're adding a water zone. I feel like who who asked for water and diving zones? Did anybody actually like those zones? Apparently, the one in WoW was pretty good. I I've, I've heard good things about that. You know, since the since the water temple. Okay. And I've been scarred. Never again. But do they have underwater combat? I don't know. Actually, there's diving, so I figured there might be some underwater combat. Who knows? Uh, so is that the only class we're getting so far, or is there any more? There, there will be more, but oh. and people are speculating that Samurai will be next. I'm not sure if it's going to be in this expansion, though, but people have been speculating about Samurai. Maybe we're yeah. going to get, like, a what was Peter Parker's job? He was, like, a news news delivery, like, newspaper delivery. Journalist, right? I don't think journalist was ever a Final Fantasy class, though, so that, that might be out Courier. of there. Maybe a courier subplot. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But one thing that's you know worth mentioning too in the Final Fantasy front kind of ties in together with what we what we deem as fair or unfair. We did mention the level fifty boosts that you know they were considering in the past because I think the Chinese version already has them, and we discussed that Yoshi P himself even said that the early game wasn't really fun in Final Fantasy or not as fun as he as he put it. So it's I'm pretty sure they're going to add it to the West. But the way Final Fantasy works is that you have multiple classes, right? And if you can buy a job boost to level 50, that seems to be the spot you can boost to. If you can do that, what's to stop you from buying six different job boosts and getting level 50 on five different characters? Do you think at that point, is it going beyond the initial goal of, you know, skipping the early content? Is it becoming pay to win? Does, does that seem fair? Does that Thoughts? seem fair? Because I think we can all agree that skipping the content is a necessary evil, right? Because a lot of games have been doing it now, whether it's WoW, whether it's Rift, whether it's, I don't know if arcades did that, but a lot of games have done it. So I feel like it's a necessary evil in a lot of games. But if you, in a game like Final Fantasy, where you have multiple jobs, and assuming you can use like five potions to max out five classes, but you would don't that be out. fair? You get the 50 no, you get, you get the little 50, yes. Would that be fair? Yeah. yeah, I don't see how it would be any different than any other game. No, because if you get it on one... In every other game, you can't level up like... Well, just, well, it, just think of each... Job or as a as an alt, right? Because it's That's a true. Uh, you know, equation. And they're gonna be about thirty to fifty bucks apparently for these for these boosts. That's a good money maker for them. I think they'll make a lot of. I, I think they should just make it one per character. Otherwise, I feel like it might be seen as a little unfair. You know what's cool? Imagine. Okay, so basically the margin for them is hundred percent, right? On those. Yeah. So they charge like fifty bucks for a game that takes like ten years to make. <laughs> you know, all this money. Yeah. And they can get the equivalent, per, potentially five times per user. By the way, like you were saying. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> With 100% margin for you know, boom, nothing. You know, a database entry, right? You know, zero, you know, one to fifty. Which is why games are moving more of a service than just necessarily a product. You know, I, I think we made this point last week. So many people bought that new Lux skin for thirty bucks in League of Legends, and thirty bucks, and then you have a game like Final Fantasy 15, which probably costs like eighty million dollars to make or something crazy. But then they're only selling it for like fifty bucks. And then, you, and then they just sold this Lux skin 
for 30 bucks and millions of people bought it, you know, and they're going to make more money off that Lux skin <laughs> than like most of these AAA games end up making, which is insane. It just and shows I, you the, yeah. I say good for them because <laughs> you're paying for um, Final Fantasy, right? Yeah. Both for the box and the subscription. Uh, and again, you're not getting 70. That's a key. If if they sold a latest expansion with a level 70, you know, thing. Yeah. That could be an issue, right? Then we can start, you know, No game lets you get to the exactly, max. Every exactly. game kind of gives you like the previous max exactly. almost. It's kind of like this. If Final Fantasy like 15 comes out, you don't have to play Final Fantasy 13 to like get to it, right? Or X2. You don't have to play X to get to play X2, right? Mm-hmm. So they don't want people... Uh, their friends, everyone having fun with the new expansion while a new player is stuck literally for months grinding the old content. The hype, That's train, fair. The hype train is now, you know, like the hype train is on the current expansion, the current I content. Mean, I think something you're missing is the only reason that there's a point to even level, like practical use for leveling the other classes for most people is to get the uh, additional class, like if you have the two classes that you need to unlock the yeah. third class. And after leveling a few classes, you run out of like quests basically you basically run out of quests so i mean for most people like grind yeah for most people that's going to be a hurdle that they can't overcome so i just i don't see the issue with allowing them to just kind of skip it but it's almost like i have a certain level of respect for people that have like level 60 in every character obviously it's just a time thing right yeah, but it's like a time thing. they just push they're, they're cookie clicker. It's not but, but it's like look this guy spent all this time on this and like and i can achieve that through like just paying it just seems you won't achieve it fully obviously because level 50 versus you know the well, it, it's the cap. same thing as allowing the previous level cap in, um, like, wow, sure, yeah, okay, respect all the people that went through it, sure, that's fine, you know, whatever. But you don't sit there and, like, say that other people are going to have to go through it now without the benefit of, like, everybody's still playing that content, without the benefit of time, and just, like, by the time they get to the end game, now without the skip, they're just going to be bored as shit because everybody's going to be done with it and having moved on. Can you buy... Those level 100 boosts in WoW for more than one character? Like, can you just boost every one of your characters? The first one, I'm pretty sure you can buy the rest. You gotta buy yeah. it. Okay, all right. That's Then they're doing it too. I guess if I guess if WoW is getting away with it, they'll get away with it too. But in my heart, it just feels slightly unfair. But I, I understand it's going to happen. There's nothing we can do about uh, it, you know? To me, it really gives me a sense of zen. It kind of it kind of shows me that, you know, like, you know, I'm leveling this character, but I, I should be doing it for the right reasons because I'm enjoying it. If not, if I'm not enjoying leveling it, right, why am I doing it? And if I want to play the late game, I should just pay and get the boost. <laughs> All right, all right, that's fair. Because right. I don't know. That's okay. Um, any any other points on this? I mean, I, I I just have to put out there. I've played a lot of games over the years, and I almost um, it's very rare that I have the same kind of fun that I have like when a game just launches mm -hmm. that I do later on with the early game. I mean, it's it really is a completely different experience. Not being able to queue for things, uh, not having people around. It's just it it's it's not welcoming to go into a game and see no one there basically mm -hmm. because they've all moved on to the end game content and to allow you to move to the end game content it completely erases that problem. I mean, yeah, that's all right. I that's got true. one. So this is something go along ahead. this. Remember uh, when we were talking about this whole buying or is it fair? Mm -hmm. Uh, this is slightly related to that. We got an interview by the CEO of uh, Tryon, and he he is not happy with G2A. So G2A kind of they don't sell gold or anything, but they sell CD keys. Um, mm -hmm. well, what does Tryon have to do with this? Because Tryon doesn't really sell like uh, they have Atlas Reactor. Yes. Um, I'm sure they have. 
uh, codes and stuff you can redeem for G but, for Tron games. All right. Yeah. Yeah, they sell for expansions like Starfall. Yeah, for, for is a premium. Yeah, I got gotcha. So he basically okay. Uh, what did he say here? Uh, he basically is accusing the whole thing of fraud. He's saying every time we have a fraudulent key, uh, we track it back. It's from G2A, and and then we you know we we find out who the original person we gave the key was right. How it ended up on G2A. He says it's almost always uh, credit card fraud, which is indefensible, right? I think I do think a lot of G2A's business is literally just Russian hackers uh, stealing PayPal accounts, or credit cards, buying keys, and selling to G2A. Um, besides that, there's one other one which I, di- I disagree with him on, and I think he weakened his argument by pointing uh, by mentioning this, and that is he called it regional pricing fraud. Okay, there's, a, there's another word for that. It's called arbitrage. If you charge less for your game or product in Russia, right, you can't blame people for buying it in that in that locale and then selling it elsewhere, right? That's true. If they have the access to it, if you don't regionally lock keys, you. Can- Exactly. Like, yeah, yeah. There you go. It's, if it's locked, you're fine. You know, yeah. and I bet. You know, I'm not sure. I'm not, I'm not certain of this, but um, I bet there are certain aspects of the Tryon company that are done by non-full-time employees. Are done by either third parties, right? At Tryon, mm-hmm. like the art or something, or the office management, the payroll. You know, it's called out. You know, it's called you know outsourcing. Like, I'm sure some of those companies are based in cheaper locales, whether it's in the south of America or, you know, in Asia. So it's arb- it's price arbitrage, and I I bet you Tryon and this guy. The CEO uh, participates in it as well, so you can't call that fraud. That's not fair. Credit card fraud is fraud. Everyone, you know, if you steal someone's credit card and buy stuff with it, that's nobody. Yeah, nobody's defending that. Nobody's, nobody's defending I, credit card okay, fraud. Okay, here's the thing about arbitrage, right? Steam didn't like it, so they restricted gifting. What is Tryon going to do about it? Right. I have a solution for them. Very easy. Don't sell keys. No, no, nothing can be transferable. All right. You you buy something on Arcade, your expansion, whether it's for for Rift. It's non-transferable. As soon as you buy it and it unlocks in your account, and the problem is fixed. There's no more problem. Why are these keys even exchangeable? Like, why is gifting even a thing? You know, for a lot of these games, that's what creates an opportunity for G two A and all these companies to steal credit cards and do this. Like this market, G two A gifting that isn't like direct. Hmm? At least gifting that isn't direct. Yeah, they've got they've got to like. Yeah, you got to like, take the keys out of it. Gift to account. That's what it should be. Yeah, right from right from like maybe where it is. Like you, that that would that would destroy G two A's business and like of the and if G two A is built entirely on fraud, which <laughs> the more we look at G two A, the more I realize it probably is right. Otherwise, like why am I able to get these keys for like eighty percent off? You know, there's something fishy about it. I've participated. You know, I've bought stuff on G two A because it's cheaper. But I realize, like, I'm starting to realize that if it's just credit card fraud, that's I, I don't want to support that. If it's regional pricing arbitrage where they sell keys cheaper in certain poorer regions, and they're just reselling those keys to me at a discount, I'm okay with that. I'm not okay with the credit card fraud bit, though. Okay, here's the bigger problem with G2A. If a developer requests directly that their game is removed from the platform, they will straight up tell them no, but, and they won't give them money for it. I'm okay with that. Why does why does a developer have any say on what, what if I can sell their keys or not? Because oh. it's... Because they're making money off of their keys, like without having a direct contract with them. Technically, it's in violation with certain laws. Certain. If I, if I buy an apple from, from from Shoprite, can I not sell that apple to somebody else, but, or do I, have, do I have to call the farm that grew that apple? But it's different for physical products than digital products. But but G two A never signed a contract with. Said exactly, artists. that's the there's issue. No, yeah, there's there's no con- there's no agreement, meaning there's no you know requ- requ- requirement on G two A to honor anything from the developer. 
yeah, but that's the issue. Somebody with mentioned it. it's like scalping. Scalping is not illegal, as far as I know. Like, is it? I don't know. I don't think it's illegal. I don't know. I, wait, oh, I don't know either. I don't know. Um, but I do know that G2A did respond to uh, this guy. What they say? Are they slinging mud? Is there a public drama we can no, get? They, they've basically dodged their way through any kind of PR disaster and basically been like, sue us if you really want to. But most of the people that call them out aren't people that can afford to. Yeah, yeah, but they basically said, look, we, we're happy to work with you for the credit card fraud stuff, um, but the regional pricing is not fraud. That, that was basically their gist. That that bit is a fair response. But now I'm curious, what percent of G2A's business is credit card fraud, do you think? Because that that's the awesome. biggest issue. Mm -hmm. I wish we knew, because like, if it was all credit card fraud, I wouldn't use the website. But if, if, if it's just regional pricing, I'll take advantage. But yeah, no, G2A's had issues with all manner of developers and publishers over the years. They're making bank, you know. These guys are getting bigger and bigger. I see them advertised everywhere. <coughs> curious how much, I'm curious how much money they make. I know the website's been growing. We can see their Alexa rank going up. They are currently the 874th biggest website in the world, and they've been booming over the years. I, they're a big sponsor of, you know, like uh, esports, esports and stuff, right? Uh, Twitch profile, yeah, Twitch profile <coughs> on Twitch. Yeah, so I see them a lot. I mean, I mean, the thing you have to remember is that even with the Without credit card fraud, like if you just took advantage of regional pricing, you still don't have any incentive to sell it on G2A for the cheaper prices than the regional pricing in a lot of cases. So um, I can't see a lot of people buying these games new, never playing them, right? And then selling them on G2A. And that was one of the Tryon uh, CEOs. Well, that was one of his points. He goes, you know, they kind of trying to build themselves as this uh, marketplace or people with excess keys. They Nobody's got access keys. I agree with that. Nobody's yeah. got these access keys. Yeah, I mean, credit where credit's due. I'm not just attacking the trying guy here. Or, like, yes, he's right. No, nobody. Like, I, I actually have a few gift copies of games in my Steam cart. I'm not gonna sell it for one dollar though. I'm gonna keep it for you know when I want to play a game with a friend. Like, mm -hmm. I can't imagine anybody stumbling, you know, buying too many copies of a game and then selling it for two dollars on G2A. That's not gonna happen. Yeah, it's, he's right there. It's big companies with like running bots that exploit regional pricing. It's fraud. It's also people who steal keys, maybe. Like, if someone gets into my Steam account, maybe they can, you know, transfer those gifts somehow. So that's, that's just... the way I see it happening. Speaking of uh, <laughs> financial issues <laughs> on there. <laughs> yeah, we got another financial uh, piece of story here. Hero Song by uh, the guy who used to lead Sony Online Entertainment, Smedley. Uh, his company... Neighbor well, Games and Sony Online Entertainment, yeah. Pixel Mage Games has announced uh, on Monday that they are shutting down development on Hero Song. This was supposed unfortunate. To be, it is unfortunate. I never got to play it. Uh, Mario, you did. Maybe we can talk more about the, what it was trying to do. But it's they were surprising that they shut down when they had like a game that was so close to like they had something. This is more than what we see most Kickstarter and crowdfunding games have. You know, they had a guy with industry experience. They had a product, a product that was functional, right? And all of a sudden, they they fold. There was no like sign of this just suddenly happening. The game got glowing reviews from a lot of you know popular YouTubers as well, and it's it's just it's sad to see it go. It, it was trying to be like a more hardcore Terraria, and it, <laughs> I thought it had potential, but it never saw yeah. the full full release. Here's my thing. This game was in development for how long? Like a year? Yeah, like mm -hmm. a year and a half. The whole maybe? journey is one year. No, it started. It was announced January. Was Kickstarter came up in January. Uh, it failed. They tried to raise eight hundred thousand. They didn't get anywhere near that. They closed it. Then they got private investment, and they also supplemented that with eighty thousand or so from. Uh, Ninety thousand. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. So, 
They had over $2.8 million that they somehow lost in a year on this. This. It's not like the art costs were, like, phenomenal, like, extraordinary art costs, you know? I mean, you you look at this art, and that is cheap art. Like, it's not, like, cheap in terms of, oh, it looks awful. It's just, it's cheap art. I mean, you can get that for cheap nowadays. Oh, where'd you get that two point? million figure that's a lot of money did they did they release like did they spend that I, kind I, of money i saw that somewhere all right because that is a lot of money if they burned through that i don't in think one year, what? Think, how big is the studio for example uh three million which is a little more than what he said would keep 40 people making 75 grand a year for one year but 40 did, people do they have 40 people working on this i don't know i don't know because remember star citizen has 300 their, their, their scale is like we're talking like orders of magnitude bigger in scale so I think if I had to guess, ten developers. I don't know. Let's I'm find just throwing a number out. Some, some I'm trying to find the quote. It was a quote. Games, LinkedIn. Let's get to pick somebody's games. LinkedIn. They do. They do put a range in there usually. Eleven to fifty. So. All right. And they, they, yeah. So let's take the average let's, of those numbers. Let's take twenty. 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 Let's say thirty. Fine. There you go. They're bankrupt just from from payroll. Not everyone's paid sixty grand either. They they had some secretaries. They had some, you know. Junior interns no, and developers. Like Social security. The office. The office alone. God knows where's the company based. Oh, here it is. It was the press release. Here, according to the press release, Pixel Mage Games has already raised 2.8 million in funding from private investors and is looking to establish the market for Heroes wow. for pre-orders and support the polishing and balancing of the current features of the game before launch. 2.8 million dollars. That's a lot how of money. Much, did, yeah. How much you want to bet? How much do you guys want to bet? What really happened, what really happened, is that they did some predictions, saw that with their current sales, plus drop-off, they weren't going to make it in the long term. But they still had a bit of money, kind of as a nest egg, and Smedley took it and run. There's no way he took it and ran. I'm not saying he took it and ran. Here's what possibly happened. Yeah. The reason I don't think it happened is because the private investors, they probably did this, and this is pretty common in business, they release the money in waves, right? So yes. if I want to give you $2 million for a project, I don't give it to you. Here's a $2 million check. But okay. they do like, uh, okay, I'm going to give you 500000 and you're going to show me the alpha. Then I'm going to give you a million after you come out in early access. And if you sell more than like 1,000 copies or 10,000, whatever, I'm going to give you this much more. So what happened yeah, is that's I bet the game counter, it's my guess, they came out in early access and they didn't sell enough copies for the next tranche of the investment. That sounds more likely than burning through a two point eight million. Because I think you know Matt's original point that there's no way they spent two point eight million dollars on what we see yet. I mean, two point eight on this is a lot of money, and we've seen the games like stretch that kind of development budget a lot longer. But two point you can't burn two point eight million that quickly on on this, especially when they released like the trailer. They already had like when they put the first Kickstarter out. <laughs> from that moment, they already had a lot in the game. Right, the game was already you know something. But I mean, here's the thing: you don't say in a press release that you've raised two point eight million dollars. If you don't have two point eight million dollars right now, but Matt, you know, they said that for a reason. They said that they wrote more people in with the, with the Indiegogo. <laughs> That's why they did it. They, they they wanted the Indiegogo people to think that they have all this money and it's going to happen, so their money is safe. Which is why I'm always frustrated with Kickstarter, and I do get the little you know arguments on our MOS.com Discord with people that do uh, support the Kickstarter model because obviously there are positive some positive elements to Kickstarter in that the designer and the developer can make the game the way he wants rather than having to censor it and meet like the business and investment like ways. But the problem is it shifts the, the development risk away from sophisticated investors to consumers. 
and that and then now that the game is more focused on selling uh <coughs> the hype and the dream than selling viability because viability doesn't matter to most people okay yeah. here's the other thing they're offering refunds to like everyone so yep. where is this money coming from if they're broke i i don't know I don't know where it's coming from. Good point, right? <laughs> How many did they sell total? Like a thousand copies? They 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 probably sold about two hundred thousand dollars worth in total. Eighty thousand. If I'm just doing predictions, right? Yeah. Eighty thousand from the Indiegogo, and then when people saw it hit early access, a little more than that probably bought it. You know, like I, I don't okay, think they're refunding. I, think I don't think they're refunding Indiegogo. Yeah, he says they're offering refunds Indiegogo in chat there. Wow. So where did this money come from? Mm. Who knows? I don't. But yeah, they. I, I think they, they but, didn't get their, their think, second or third tranche. I don't tranche. think they're broke. That's the thing. Did they? Did they say they ran out of money? That's a key. No, they, they, they just said they had financial down. issues. That's not the same yeah. as saying we have zero money left for like development or. Um... Yeah, and they also kind of know but when they offer refunds, the not everyone will take them up on it. Yeah, but they're also shutting down the company too. Here, yeah, they're giving the up. They're folding. So I mean, they they had to be pretty far in the hole, right, to have mm -hmm. shut down the entire company. It might be smell his pocket too. Somebody said, "I don't know if that's true, but I'm sure he's shitting gold." You know, he still has all that SOE. Money. He's shitting gold. You know, he's he's sitting on his dragon. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty well off guy. Yeah. And I, I did find the website, uh, the about us page, and they have at least uh, what the 20 guys right here showing like faces. You know, mm -hmm. so I do think that if they have 40 employees, which based on this current look, like they have they have over 20 showing here, right? Mm -hmm. Um, 40 is not out of the stretch. Plus an office, you know. You know, like utilities, electricity. I, I, I don't. I'm not. I wouldn't. I am not surprised by three million going just on, uh, payroll and office and rent and utilities and tax, whatever, all that stuff. And I'm sure they, they work with third party, like you know, sound people and artists, because they don't have everybody in staff. You know, a lot of them do work contract. It's just raising a lot of red flags. But it is also possible that he is refunding them out of his pocket. I think a guy like Smelly does want to defend his reputation. He doesn't want to be seen as the guy that like took the money and ran. And because he's offering refunds to everyone, you said uh, for the Indiegogo as well, he's kind of cleaning his slate as like his reputation, saying he's at least he's giving the money back. But he knows also that not everybody will ask for refunds. Let's be real, maybe half the people will ask for refunds. So that's not, because of that, you know, he gets to keep the other half. There are a lot of people that already enjoyed the game. Man. Yeah, they got a lot of time out I of it say too. A lot so. of They're people. keeping it. I wouldn't say a lot of people. Do we have any data on how many people bought the game? What yeah. was this, that website, Steam Spy? Yeah, Steam Spy has it. Curious now. You guys need to bookmark that. I'm surprised you don't know that off the top of your I head do. by now. I, yeah. do. I have that bookmarked. Uh, they have uh, player owner seven thousand says. Wow, it's not it's not very big. So yeah, that's sad though. Again, it was a it was a functional game. I mean, it's so weird when the game like this shuts down. It kind of disappears off the face of the earth, right? Like. Hey, you know, Smedley, I'll give you I'll give you hundred bucks for Hero Song, alright? Give me all the source code, hundred bucks. It's better Actually, if you're getting zero, it's better than that. On the Reddit, there's a lot of people kind of shocked by this announcement. It came right after, you know, Christmas. Mm -hmm. and a lot of people were saying things like that, like release the code, you know, server, you know, info, and let us, you know, run it. Um, because there is, you know, something at least of something you know, there's something, yeah. you know, there. And it does run off, you know, servers. So, you know, people can make their own servers, people can join. You don't need a central, you know, Official server to and, enjoy the game. And look, you know, I'm 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 usually quick to you know call these Kickstarter stuff a scam, like whether it's Shroud of the Avatar, yeah, Star Citizen. The reason I'm take I'm I'm uh, giving Smedley the benefit of the doubt for now until we have more information is because the whole saga was pretty short. Again, this, mm -hmm. the original Kickstarter came out in January, and now in December 
it, the whole thing's gone. The right? same year, yeah. You know, if if this was a scam or whatever, you know, they could just milk this baby for you know like four more years. You know, just release some nonsense about make a commercial, make a con, a convention, whatever. Yes, they could have done all that. A yeah. Telethon of where you know they donate their blood, whatever. Like, there's a lot of gimmicks they could have done if they're gonna shred the Avatar route. You know. Mm-hmm. And by the way, Lord British, you know, uh, is a much wealthier <laughs> than the team behind this game personally. Yeah. And yet he's still you know squeezing every drop he can from. Uh, people for shredded avatar so that's kind of shady you know that's that's how they get them that's how they get rich though they don't spend any of their own (laughs) (laughs) i guess that's true yeah that's the only rationale so he knows what he's doing i'm not i can't get i can't say you know all right Again, I don't want to go back to a few weeks ago, but I do have to just say again, the, the guy behind Shroud the Avatar, and they did a telethon to raise money for their game. The guy spends $50 million, or I think it was maybe even $100 million, going to the International Space Station on a private space journey, but he's got to go on a telethon and beg you for $10 for to buy a shit. Come on! Such nonsense. Nonsense. Nonsense, I tell you. Um, yeah. So yeah, the fact that he folded it when he when he saw it wasn't in the cards, I think took uh, it was the right move. All right, it, it, you know he didn't drag it out. He didn't you know squander the money to a point where maybe he couldn't give uh, refunds. Like imagine he just kind of dragged it for another year. Yeah, and then he couldn't afford. Where to he, maybe refunds. he's got like twice as many sales, and he, and he doesn't have any money to pay refunds. So until we have more information, I'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt. He tried. It just the market didn't want a hardcore, you know, two D pixel. Uh, roguelike MMORPG at the moment, you know? Just... Well, I, I think we can all agree, though, at best, at best, Smedley is not good at managing his money. No, no. And I think no. I think he was barking up the wrong tree. Uh, honestly, I think, you you know, there are a few Kickstarter success stories, right? But they tend to be smaller-scale games or, or single products, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think that it's good for the MMORPG industry where the games we want to play or the kind of games we want to play, have to go begging and scrounging for pennies, right? Mm-hmm. It's just not its well, not the way we should be... It's not the way we should be encouraging these games to be developed. It's not just that. Larger games, the budget is constantly a moving target. Yeah, not yeah. only the budget, the product is a moving target. You never know what's going to hit, what's not. So you can't promise a set of features and just keep bloating onto it. You know, it's This is not the right model for an MMORPG, I don't think. This whole community... And this tells me if Smedley couldn't do it with... $2 million and a $90,000 uh, Indiegogo campaign. You know, these random indie indie companies that have, like, no experience making games aren't going to boot, no, bootstrap it with 100K, 200K that they raised, all right? If they couldn't <laughs> do it with $2.8 million plus 90K, no amount of bootstrapping can save you with, like, 100K Kickstarter to make all these ambitious projects. So I, I, I still, you know, don't... Look, support your favorite games. Buy them if you have to when they launch. Support them some other ways. Just... Stay away from the Kickstarter unless you're willing to gamble. You know, you want to roll the dice for fun, have fun. But Kickstarter is not—it's not a good model for for MMORPGs. We're this focused game. on or focused on smaller games that already have something playable. that yes. have like a very focused set of features and aren't promising the world. All right, actually, Matt, that brings me to a great point I wanted to bring up from last week, and it's still relevant because look, I, I do make fun of a lot of these indie projects and these Kickstarter campaigns. There was one game that I was impressed with. I think you wrote the story earlier. It was that vampire game. What was it called? Yep. Uh, Shadow's Kiss. Yeah, so, so I'm going to link that over here. Name. It's a silly name, but it's a, it's a vampire MMO that's currently in pre-alpha, right? And I'm looking at it. It does cost <laughs> money. They want to charge 15 bucks for alpha. But this is an indie game being developed by somebody that's clearly passionate about this project. And he doesn't have a lot to work with, right? But he's got a video showing off what he's got so far. 
is oh. he, he he's supporting the game through patron patron and he's not trying to you know raise a kickstarter campaign and promise all this nonsense right he's making it out of his own love for the game and he's not asking everybody for money he's doing it as a project that he enjoys working on and maybe when he's way further <laughs> along he consider the kickstarter campaign and i'd be okay with that you know but i'm just tired of seeing games that have literally nothing but cool ideas on paper and thinking they can promise the world on Kickstarter when they have literally nothing to work with. And this game, again, doesn't look particularly impressive, but the fact that they're not cheesing themselves on Kickstarter has my respect for the developer, at least. So actually, I had an interview with this guy and mm. coming up soon, right? So this guy, the main guy, mm -hmm. um, he worked on, I think he said Wizard 101 and wow. a little bit of Crowfall. And if I, if I heard him correctly, Shadowbane. Oh, wow. So he's got while. experience at least. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's got a lot fun. of experience. Yeah. He's pretty funny. He actually replied to the original article. Uh, I think somebody was saying uh, he said he was going to he was going to somebody somebody, somebody called it a, a cash grab and the developer responded, believe me, it's if it's more it's more like emptying my bank account to be an independent developer, grab. Lots of six hour work weeks, living on ramen. And yeah, that that's you know, this guy's not asking for money, you know, on a Kickstarter. He's selling Alpha to his game, which I, I can't imagine he's selling too many. So he's doing it out of love. So mad respect for what he's doing. You know, this is the way you have to go. Make a product, have something out there, and then maybe consider going to Kickstarter after that. You don't go to Kickstarter when you got nothing. Otherwise, it's embarrassing, and we'll make fun of you. <laughs> That's a good rule of thumb. If you're in the Kickstarter slash crowdfunding phase, like the, the enthusiasm mm -hmm. passion phase, you go, it, that's basement slash garage phase. You, know, you can't have offices full of people. Like that's not... If if you're at that phase, go raise private investment from real people. Yeah. Investment companies. If you're if you're begging the public at that stage where you have offices, you know, you're just you're scamming. That's it. <laughs> it's sleazy. All right. I'll take you to another topic too, which is a fun one, I thought. Uh back to Tryon, because we talked about Tryon World CEO earlier. People are saying there was an issue on the a big Tryon fuck up with the latest uh, patch. Because everyone was hype about these uh, you know, the fresh start servers mm -hmm. people are saying that uh, there was a dupe something called the apex mirage isle <laughs> dupe that was uh slipped by the first time they launched the game and then because of that billions of you know in-game currency and items and rare items were all duped right mm -hmm. and they're saying this happened again oh my god how cringy is that that this could possibly happen again like is it the same exact exploit this time yes that's what they're saying it's the same exact exploit happened and it lasted for 11 days now before they you know, addressed it which is, before people say nobody's that stupid, right? There are We have proof that this has happened before. Neverwinter. I played at launch, right? I was thinking that. This is literally unbelievable. In Neverwinter, when the game first launched, from uh, Arc Games, Perfect World, uh, Cryptic, uh, you could actually bid negative amounts in the auction house. And whatever negative amount you bid, you get that much money back for free. So you all you do is put a negative sign, and then whatever amount, you want, whatever amount of free money you want, and you get that free money. And you, you can do diamonds because you lose the auction, so you get your money back. You, yeah, and you get a refund. Yeah. And this this lasted for a while until they finally fixed it, but it destroyed the in-game economy. And everyone skewered Cryptic, right? And Arc Games, because this exact same problem happened in Star Trek Online. Like, how do you have the same exact issue, the same exact exploit with the auction house and negative bidding in your previous game, and you don't fix it in your new game? Because it's the same exact engine. Yeah. Yeah. And, 
And, but but you they, <coughs> they they did patch it right after they discovered it in Star Trek Online. But then they launched Neverwinter, which they did a lot of like advertising on that game. It was a big game for Arc slash Cryptic, and they they let it slip by. It's insane, and there's not going to be a rollback. It's just going to it just it ruined the economy in Neverwinter. I suspect if this exploit did happen again, uh, it just people have to deal with it. Yep, people are saying no one is that stupid, but yeah, people do make the same mistakes. So um. Uh, I guess so. Theory time. What happened was the the fix that Tryon put in originally was a North America Europe exclusive fix. It wasn't in other regions. So when they went and they fixed, they took the new patch for Arcade 3.0. Someone mm. just forgot to put that back in. <laughs> like they kind of overwrote it with 3.0 yeah, somewhere along possible. the line. And someone just forgot to put it back in. That's my theory. <laughs> oh man, it's just it's remarkable that this stuff still happens. You think like you got to make sure like all right, let's just go through the checklist again and make sure we don't fuck it up, you know? Let's let's think of the things that really fucked up arcades the first time. Oh yeah, that dupe thing. Can we just double check that please? I guess nobody thought of that as a checklist. Like there's a few things you got to double check, all right? And I think people do agree that it was it was, you know, <laughs> somebody said Tryon's going to try on. <laughs> it's just pretty hilarious that that, that still is, happened. Uh... Some intern's getting fired right now. Yeah, some intern will get the blame. It's all going to be some intern's fault who's unpaid anyway, and he's going to get he's going to get canned for it. Uh, there are there is still one competent group out there. You know, we got mm. some issues with Tryon and this and that, but we got we got we got the Chinese. All right, the Chinese mm. they're on the ball here. So they have a there's a ripoff of a uh, Tree of Savior. It's, called... it's not a ripoff of Tree of Savior. It's just the art style. Uh, all right, I'm all looking right, at you it, guys Matt. Will be the judge, right. I linked it. Okay, everyone look. Listen, it's Matt, no, what I'm, I'm saying is it's in, just... I'm 10 seconds in. My vote ripoff. Continue. <laughs> it's just the art style. That's all I was saying. Just the art style. Okay, the so, game plays. So the game is coming out in Korea. Um, I haven't played it yet, so I don't know what it's like. But maybe it could be one of our, you know, uh, Friday games. It's mobile. Oh, it's mobile. Okay. Yeah, you can tell by the uh, the controls yeah. on the right side. That's like the very typical mobile control scheme. They're already ripping off Trio Savior Mobile Remake before it's even out. They're going to beat Trio Savior Mobile Remake yeah. to launch. <laughs> Yeah, but but see, it's a completely different game. Okay. The okay, art guys, style. Guys, right. I'm showing some gameplay level one. Okay. It's right, so my, yeah. it's not a completely different game. But the <laughs> art style is the same because allegedly they've taken assets from from Tree of Savior. Yeah. Okay. If you're if there are allegations that they took the art style, why stop there? <laughs> Take everything, dude. I again. I, I guess I won't say for sure until I play it, but it 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 looks like more than just the art to me. You gotta respect the the balls these Chinese developers have, right? And and the thing is, they're not just releasing this in China. You said it's coming out in Korea because the the trailer yeah, is in Korean. It's coming out in Korea. They're releasing a game where they allegedly stole the art from a you know, pretty big name company publishing it, Nexon, and then putting it in the country. It's like, yeah. it's like if I steal your purse and then try to sell it back to you. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that requires audacity. Like, <laughs> all right, I think I might have mixed this up with something else. I thought this was more. All right, are you sold? It's uh, doesn't, it, look, doesn't it look a lot it, like Tree of Savior? Yeah, it does. I, I think I may have mixed it up with something. If you let the next video play, oh, you're showing a gameplay video right now. There's like a CGI trailer. You know, you know, you can tell a game is Chinese like right away. You look at the emotes. The Chinese emotes are always very distinct. They always look like they're always on the Chinese forums too. But like they show these weird like faces over their heads, like it's almost like a ghosty face. 
like I don't know if you know what I mean, but if you look at the, the Chinese emotes are always very you know peculiar. Yeah, I think I think I do know what you mean. I'm gonna try to show, okay. I, I have a pause on the yeah. I have a pause. Actually, these these kind of look okay. You tell me if this is what you mean. Okay. okay, here's here's the better thing though, right? They're not self-publishing in Korea. Some publisher picked this up. Wow, it's so funny that somebody the publisher wants to stick it the next time, I guess. But um. I don't okay, know, those, are, those are the emotes. The yeah. one thing, the one thing that I have to give them really good, big, um, real large amount of credit for, right? Look at the like spell effects. Look how insane some of these spell effects are. Oh, they look great. More they look great in the trailer. It's more optimized on mobile with all these people on screen than the entirety of Tree of Savior PC was. <laughs> this is why. This is why I'm excited for Tree of Savior mobile remake too. Right? This this is getting me excited for Tree of Savior mobile remake. I actually would play that on uh, on my phone because I feel like that could be f a fun game to play on the phone. But I'm more excited for the mobile version than the PC version, honestly, because the PC version <laughs> didn't do it for me. Mm. Right, well, I bet I they'll make money. A cool little story, this uh, Tree of Savior report. <laughs> uh, the name in China is actually Tale of the Lost City Online, but luckily they are shortening that to just... Uh, Lost Tale. Lost Tale, yeah. Rare. It's inevitably going to be confused with Lost Ark. Also, I think personally the animations look a lot smoother in do and Trio Savior. Uh, yeah, they do look great the here. The clone has surpassed the original. <laughs> no, I think it's... Look, we, we do poke fun at Chinese developers again for ripping off assets and doing kind of sleazy things, but again, you have to admire their ability to just churn these game out, games out, you know? Uh, you know? Western games get delayed all the time. They take years to make. And, they, and then on the other, other side of the earth in Taiwan, you got X-Legends churning out a new uh, game every year, like literally every year. And, and they're pretty solid games, so... They, they get it done, all right? They get their shit done. <laughs> and they have less exploits. There you go. Yeah, there's a lot of competence over there. Yes. Yeah. And, and you know, it, can it can teach us something uh, that we've lost here in... It's got to be cultural. It's got to be. No, there was, a, there was a time when we got things done. You know, like the George Washington Bridge, Empire State Building. You know, we used to get <laughs> things done in this country. It's got to be cultural. Now the communists are taking over. All right, here's, the, here's what we need. Here's what we, need. we need to make our own game studio, right? We have to have uh, Western game designers and Chinese developers. Boom. I feel like you make a perfect game then. You know, you have some of the ambitious projects of Western, like, game design with the get shit done mentality of, you know, Chinese developers. Obviously, there's some language barrier, but, you know, I feel like that would be a good team. And put, put some Russians in there, too, because they get shit done as well, all right? Because <laughs> we always, we always uh, praise the Russians. We, we need a UN of MMORPG design, all right? Yeah, the MMO Council. We make the most counselor, right? We are, boom, make lots of money. Uh, see, we got we got one investor already, right? One of our viewers is going to invest in us, all right? We're talking about dollars, not uh, Maple Story Mesos or Gil. Yeah, just FYI uh, yo. there. Mesos, Mesos are as good as cash, all right? Come on. <laughs> uh, you never had a moment where like you told your friend like, you know, spot me like two bucks for that like McDouble, right? And I'll give you like two K gold on WoW. Like you never paid your friends back with in-game currency. Come I on. Have, I have. Yeah, in high school, I'm sure you know, we, we have. So there you go. And it, it has value. Boom. There you go. <laughs> all right, what's next on the docket, boys? Okay, speaking of games that do come out, all right, and Russian game too, you have uh, War Thunder, which actually officially launched. Not really much of a story. It's just that you know, we, we always forget how long games maintain that beta designation. I mean, the, the game's been in open beta forever now, right? And mm -hmm. basically, in our minds, open beta... <laughs> Is launch. Like, it really is just launch. But they dropped the open beta name. Now it's just a full launch. 
So I think it's been over beta for a few years now. Three years. Three years. Let's be real. Yeah. Did you did, did you guys consider this beta like a day after open beta? No. No, right? I mean it was pretty polished from Yeah. Well, do you know why it was polished? It was Russians, right? They know their shit. It was Russians. But yeah, they they officially consider this feature complete. This is what they imagined when they originally designed War Thunder. This is the game right here with all of its tank content and everything. Have we done this one for Sunday Funday? No. I think this would be a good candidate. Also, uh, mm -hmm. War Thunder, the ship thing is coming. So yeah, maybe the we should wait yet. until then. Oh. Yeah, Naval Forces. Sure. Is that going to be one game or multiple or... games? It's, it's going to be one game. Unlike... Okay, that's great. I like that. Unlike uh, the World of game, mm -hmm. what's even better, it's not just going to be like you queue up for each one, right? They, uh, fr from what I'm watching in videos of the naval part, it's going to have ships that can be attacked by planes. Though I don't know if they're going to have ships, tanks, and planes in one place. I don't think that's going to make sense, because if you think about it, to have really fun gameplay for ships, you have to have a lot of islands and a lot of broken <laughs> up areas, and that just doesn't work for tanks. But yeah, if you have yeah. a large landmass that you're circling around as a ship, that doesn't work for ships. It's just boring. So I, I don't think they're going to mix those. But I think they're mixing ground vehicles and aircraft and naval forces and aircraft. I, I think that's what they're doing. Don't don't take my word on that though, because I haven't played it myself yet. But again, this is you know they call it feature complete, but they're still going to be releasing updates for it in 2017 and beyond. I guess they did decided it was not open beta, no longer beta time. I feel like a lot of games don't even announce like, okay, we know we're not open beta anymore. They just keep that tag forever. <laughs> and um, they are going to introduce new nations. Like one of the major things that made this complete right now mm -hmm. is that they added the ground forces for Japan. Correctly, so they're gonna. They, all of the nations are considered complete now until they start bringing in naval forces, and they're going to add this world war mode, which I don't know much about, and um, they're gonna work on competitive play, including esports. But I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I, I have issues seeing even like World of Tanks as an esports. So this game with its like high <laughs> realism mode and everything and options like that, I don't, I don't see it doing well as an esport. I don't think anything is gonna. Be, it, 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 I don't know. If World of Tanks probably had the best shot of games like this to like be recognized that way because of how massive it is in Eastern Europe and Europe. If that can't do it, I don't know. I don't think the esports scene for for this will be too too vibrant. I think esports need a much shorter window per match. I think it's important. I don't know. I don't, I don't know how long an average game of this takes, but in the realism mode, it kind of sounds like it could take a while. But League and Dota take forever, and people people love watching that. I mean, CSGO, <laughs> even CS:GO matches take forever because they're playing, you know, not one like, round; yeah, they're yeah, playing to fifteen. I, I guess I, I I'm not sold on esports in general, but again, that's a this different discussion. Guys, guys, fun fact: Did you guys know Warframe, which launched in 2013, is still an open beta? Yep. <laughs> how long? How, how much longer? Are they gonna, maybe they forgot, like, to, to remove that that you know beta designation. I think it'll be there for a long time. Anyway, I think, do, do we have a policy? Uh, on MMOs.com about open beta release alpha. Yeah, open beta equal release. That that's our okay. that's my policy. What about heart, early right? access? I, 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 I think count if... that as release too. If <coughs> if it's out there to the public, I should say that if anybody can play, you don't need an invitation or a key or whatever. Then it's my thing is always my thing has always been okay. 
if you did early access for free and you wanted to have them pay for the full game later, that's different because you're like giving them free access and it's mm-hmm. like, here, this is a testing phase. But my thing is, if it's on the market and you can pay for it, it's basically released. Yeah, yeah. I'm fair with that. Regardless of if you can put any kind of money into it at all. That's true. That isn't a donate button. That's fair. That's fair. Right, it makes sense. All right. Speaking of games that are coming out early access and such <laughs> who wants to take this big news all right we got uh snail games is a uh, dark and light character creator uh, this was supposed to be an early access by the end of the year the chinese oh. have let us down we were just talking about their uh, efficiency <sighs> right and matt called it that it was going to happen because you said like, well, they said it was like a, a video issue that they didn't like polish up their latest like early access trailer and that was the reason they couldn't do it but that makes no kind of sense to me well, apparently they want to polish it a little more and maybe up the limits on servers. Hmm. Wait, this was supposed to be an early access by the end of this year. It's clearly not <laughs> going to happen. That we will get an early access in Q1, so some pro- sometime next month probably. But dark and light, and we see some actual gameplay uh, for the, I think for the first time on like an official video. But the cool news here is that the character creator is supposed to be pretty in depth. Uh, the game is supposed to be like uh, Ark Survival Evolved, but with some you know some serious MMO elements. And the character creator, the potential here sounds awesome. The game's producer has said, we're aiming for a world in which no two characters look the same. That's a bold statement. Mm-hmm. I'm curious if they'll actually, you know, give you that kind of, give you those kind of options. But it, it does look pretty in-depth from the half of it. I mean, you have, like, head, eyebrows, ear, eyes, ears, face, nose, you know, kind of the stuff we've come to get used, we've gotten used to since the release of Perfect World. I mean, it's got a... It's got a lot to it, and the fact that you can turn yourself blue and give yourself elf ears is pretty nice. Now, any idea how big the servers are going to be, Matt? Because like, if it's going to be like Ark Survival Evolved, is it going to you know, have a shit ton of players in a single server? They haven't confirmed it. I think so there's still a lot unknown, yeah. I think they said it might be less than 100 at the beginning Aww. of open beta. At the beginning, at the beginning of early access, they, I think they said it might be less than 100, but they're aiming for 500 is what I've heard. Right. If 500 would be great. That would be awesome because nothing like Rust only has like 200, I think, on the biggest servers. So having 500 would be amazing. But yeah, it's 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 aiming for 500, I think. And there's like rumors that they might be aiming for a thousand at some point, but that's just a rumor. Right. If they get to a thousand, that'd be epic. But even 500 would be pretty epic. So I'm pretty hyped about that. Do we have a price but, estimate? Because this will be buy to play. I don't think we have a price estimate, no. but I would expect 40. That's that's what's been in my head this whole time. Forty. How much? How much? How much is Russ also forty? Check how much. Russ uh, is th- no, there's no Russ way. Russ is twenty. Is yeah, no Russ is 20. twenty. Yeah. Russ is old. Look at look at the well, survival evolved arc. Yeah. Arc is thirty. Hmm. I think I think the price around the same same. Actually, arc is on sale, six percent off right now. Well, yeah. Yeah, it's twelve dollars right now. But yeah, I think actually I think it'll be, price around the same. It'll be free on January first in China. There you go. But do you think with Ark going free to play is going to be launching free to play in China? This game has a chance of charging money in China. I know you told you said earlier in previous podcast that their goal was to be buy to play in China, but I, no chance. Come on, I don't think so either. And um, I think it might start out that way for sure, though. But the big thing about Dark and Light, I think, is that it's not going to be just Ark. It's going to be different. It's going to have like more depth to it, like an MMO like depth, like a sandbox mm-hmm. MMO. In a survival game's clothing. I think that's what they're aiming for. 
sort of like this melding of like arc and the original dark and light somewhere in between you know what i mean that sounds awesome actually i mean again that's, we don't use your credit the chinese are doing like innovative things but that sounds pretty awesome that, that's that's the vibe that i get when i look at this mm-hmm. and when i hear about it i obviously don't know because none of us have played it mm-hmm. but that's the vibe i get and you can see it in the pictures that they've put up on the dark and light thing because one of the big things about the original Dark and Light was that it was this massive world that you could fly around on a dragon, right? Or any other thing. And you could mm-hmm. fly really fucking high, you know? You, you can see that in the screenshots that Arahung is going through on the podcast. It right looks gorgeous. I mean, you, you can really see that it's, it's kind of encapsulating what Dark and Light originally wanted to be while not being what Dark and Light originally wanted to be. And so um, up in their up in their, their game. And uh, I don't know for sure that it's going to be buy to play in China because I mean, as, as you've said, Arc is already going free to play in China because even Arc they thought apparently couldn't do well as a free to play game or as a buy to play game in China. But we will see. You know, we'll see. And this is the first game that you know Snell Game is really introducing in the West. First PC game since uh, Age of Wushu. I mean, since then, the only things they've done are mobile, <coughs> and those are even relatively recently too. Prior to Age of Wushu, they had like Five Street, right, and like that was it. Did they have anything else before Age of Wushu that was like even recent? I think they had some browser games. Yeah, Age of Armor. What are we talking about? Oh my god! Oh right, Age of Armor. That was <laughs> out for like a year. <laughs> that was a, that was a duker. Come on, guys, you don't forget Age of Armor. No, Five Street though is a, is a top quality game. I did a first look for it. Definitely Black Gold it was Black Gold was after Age of Wushu. Black Gold Online. That game is still around in China too. I oh saw my on, god! Yeah. You know what's you know what's crazy about Black Gold? I was watching PvP videos the other day because I just got curious because there, there's going more than the one player games. in the game to PvP with. What? Come on. No, I, I was looking at them from 2014 or something. Mm. Anyways, it looks really good if you get to PvP. Like the PvP looks awesome with like these giant mechanical monsters fight. Like not monsters, but like you know, like walking mm-hmm. tanks basically fighting each other. But yeah, it takes a long time to get there. But anyways, back to Dark and Light. So, um, the current fun. speculation the current speculation is that it'll be out sometime in uh, January. That's pretty quick. And you know, I know, we, like last week or maybe the week before, we had a discussion about you know my concept of perhaps progression in MMORPGs in the future. And I really do see this whole sandbox, you know, Rust genre kind of game m- merging with MMORPGs to create like the next generation where you know <coughs> progress in this world and you know character development and gameplay is not boxed in by just numbers and this busy UI you know like it's we don't need that for it to be an MMORPG so maybe dark and light can pay the future and uh I'm not saying that's the complete end goal but you know if we have a nice persistent you know servers with somebody and you guys mentioned you guys threw some random numbers around I don't know what the number will be but we you know we're getting would be nice 500, 500 would probably be bigger than a lot of servers for a lot of games. Yes. Right? Okay, so you know, that's the kind of... It's, it's, it's good progress. It's good progress. And it, it's so nice to see a Chinese company, especially, kind of paving the frontier rather than just you know instantly copying what's already available. Yeah, we're doing this for uh, Sunday Funday, the, the moment it gets to early access. Is that, does that sound like a plan? Sure. Yeah, yeah that sounds good. And I don't remember if we talked about it, right? But like... Um... Or at least we didn't talk about it a whole lot if we did. Like, like Dark Fall before it, it will allow you to level up literally every skill. Like, you can get... It'll take forever, they say. But you can level up literally every skill. 
you can learn a ton of magic, and the magic you can it'll be used in different ways. Like you can, I don't remember what they it says on the page, but mm-hmm. it, it sounds pretty neat. Yeah, I want to play now. Those the the trailer, the screenshots made look gorgeous, and you know I'm pretty usually pretty shy about paying for games, but for some reason I've I've been able to swallow the pill with survival games. I feel like I get my I get my you know <laughs> my dollars worth for the most time with those. And my only issue with them has always been um, somehow they don't feel permanent. So if this game does add like the whole abilities and bigger server, you know, cost and all the, you know, server numbers and stuff, I think it'll fulfill my need. Uh, you know, so yeah, again, I'm very hopeful for this kind of game to be the future of the genre. All right. More importantly, on the topic of snail games. Okay, so does anybody else find it weird that they're suddenly pushing for Steam? Because they had Age of Wushu on Steam, but something happened. Like, I think the Steam community kind of rejected it or something, right? And they took it off Steam, and it was a pretty dramatic thing. But now, with Dark and Light, and even with the Chinese release of Ark, they're going, like, Steam exclusive. No, think- here's the issue. Here's the issue right away. What the fuck was the deal with Age of Wushu and Age of Wulin? It was the same exact game. One was published by WebZen, and one was published by Snail Games. Age Why? Age of Wulin is the European one. That fragmentation of the player base just makes me want to choke someone. It's such a bad idea. Maybe that, maybe like, maybe Age of Wulin didn't want Age of Wushu to be on Steam because a lot of European users use Steam and they'll end up playing the Age of Wushu version, maybe? I don't know, but it's just odd to me that they're yeah. pushing these on Steam when it was think, such a big deal before. Well, I think they realize if they're going buy to play on PC, you need Steam. Like, you know, if there is no other buy to play. Like, if you're free to play, you know, whatever. Maybe people can, you know, try your game because it's free. Who cares? But if you're charging money, I think people want the ease of Steam, and they're just used to it here in the West. So then what about the Arc China? Well, nothing costs money in China, retail games. So if they're doing the same policy, they probably just don't know how. There's probably no channel. to. There's no, by channel, I mean method to charge for a game in China. So they, they'd go with the only guys who know, have any idea what they're doing with that. That's my guess. But I mean, but I mean Arc China is going to be free, and it's going Steam exclusive. Okay, that I couldn't explain to you then. <laughs> Is, is Steam in China? They have yeah, the, 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 they the have Chinese games. world version. <laughs> I know there's like a like a spin-off client that just launches Dota 2, right? But I didn't know they have like a general Steam like the way we have here. But I again, I don't I don't really know much about China. Right, yeah, okay. um, it's just odd to me. And uh I think the most interesting thing about the Chinese version of Ark is I'm looking forward to seeing what kind of cosmetics end up in the cash shop. Hmm. But again, right, with yeah. a game like that, who cares? You know, it's gonna be as long as it's not super gimmicky where it breaks immersion like hovercrafts. I'm okay. All right, guys, I got, I got, I got to seize uh, this moment to praise free to play because I've been championing free to play for literally forever now. But a recent report from Superdata came out, which has some fun statistics in it, which are well worth sharing. Let's see. So the headline number, which a lot of people get, a lot of people got triggered by this number when I submitted it to our MMO. But uh, free-to-play MMOs have 92% of the MMO market and 87% of the revenue. So that's where all the money is right now, is in free-to-play. Thanks to the huge market in Asia. But you have games like, uh, first of all, they define MMO similar to the way we define it, and they include games like League of Legends and Hearthstone, and they they explain why those are MMOs. And if you're curious how we define MMO, check out our article on what defines an MMO. And but this is all on... very important because people got triggered by our uh... hmm. 
game of the year, even though we specifically separated MMOs and MMORPGs. Exactly. Still people triggered. don't want to read. Nobody wants to read because we specifically separated those two. But <laughs> the even on the MMORPG front, though, it's worth mentioning that Le- of, of Dungeon Fighter Online uh, this year, Dungeon Fighter Online is going to make more money than uh, than World of Warcraft, even with the giant launch. You know, they're going to make over $1.1 billion. And that if you go to superdataresearch.com, it still shows they're they're making more money than World of Warcraft. World of Warcraft is number four, by the way, on PC. Number one is League of Legends. Number two is Crossfire. Number three is DFO. And then number four is World of Warcraft. Then comes... Now Now we're just looking at PC games, not MMOs. And you got Battlefield 1, Overwatch, World of Tanks, Dota 2, and so forth. But, you know, a game like DFO making more money than World of Warcraft can be shocking for a lot of people. And it's because the game is ginormous in China. Obviously, DFO in the West is not making that kind of money. Yeah, but free to play is, is minted money. If you look at this chart, I have of, of the free to play revenue by region. You know, it looks like you know Asia is the lion's share. You know, Europe and North America combined are you know less than half of Asia. So it this is definitely, and this is the reason so many games we see are from Korea and China is because that's where the development strength and demand for these games are so mm-hmm. i don't think the influence of you know that style of game from the east is going to diminish anytime soon look at that growth though free-to-play pc games from 2016 2019 it's only gonna get bigger you know okay bigger and bigger fair, that's a very misleading chart though on the left I, yes I, it is it's not to scale at all it makes it look like yeah, it's like, like 16.6 to 21.3 is not is not like 10 times bigger as it makes this chart you know this chart is <laughs> this chart is suspect and, and that's the thing on yeah. the right it looks like the scaling is correct yeah, on the, on the no, right on, side is correct, on the left side is not. The scaling is correct, but on the left, it's not. What, what, what is that about? So it's about uh, quality misleading charts. Bad job, Superdata. Fix your shit. <laughs> but yeah, guys, this, this shows you that you, you got to make a game, especially in Asia, it's got to be free to play. But that's not necessarily true for the Western market, because as we see, the Western market is, is, is negligible. And obviously, buy to play, there's plenty <laughs> of room for buy to play and pay to play in the West. But if you're, if you're making a game in Asia, you're crazy not to make it free to play. The number I like there too is League makes $150 million a month. Then those numbers are year to date till November. So by the time the year ends, League will probably make over $2 billion. That's the first time I think a PC game is going to crack $2 billion in one year. It's nuts. I still, uh, I still think in the long term, in the West, we're going to move towards buy to play. I think, I think buy to play had a chance, and now it's going free to play. I don't think we can turn the ship around. Turn the beat around. There was also another fun statistic that Superdata revealed. Let me see if we can find it. It showed you that it was showing Twitch versus YouTube as platforms for consuming gaming media. Let's see if you can find that good stuff. Now, basically, the, the, the story over there is pretty simple, that Twitch has surpassed YouTube in gaming revenue and users. More people are, are looking at gaming content through Twitch, and it's because of the, their model. Basically, if you look at how much money YouTube is making, it's entirely through advertisements, right? YouTube gaming, rather. They made about $1.6 billion through their platform in gaming revenue. So all the ads you see on their trailers and all the Let's Plays, all the videos we put on YouTube, for example, get some ad revenue. And then if you look at uh, Twitch, they make basically all of their money, not from ad revenue, but from subscriptions and donations. I feel like that trend of pushing content creators to Twitch where they can monetize their content through donations and subscriptions is way more sustainable. You know, you have a better relationship with your audience. And because of that, it's, it's really winning out. I mean, YouTube gaming is not sticking and the data kind of proves it. You know, everyone's who, who goes to like YouTube gaming to watch streams. We all go on Twitch. I mean, 
I was, I've been on YouTube Gaming twice, like once when it launched and once like when I put this article up out of curiosity. And since then, uh, I've never been to YouTube Gaming. I was there once to see what the interface looked like. It's improve? awful. It's yeah, awful. exactly. Exactly. And no it's, okay, and here's where they shot themselves on the foot. Okay, YouTube is not a gaming community. It's a video content community. Mm-hmm. The streaming platform is gaming.youtube.com. It's a gaming streaming platform. Mm-hmm. I think they shot themselves in the foot. Do you think they should have captured all like the like the vlogging and stuff to like, all kinds of streaming, not just yeah, gaming? That's a good point. Yeah, they should. Why not, right? Yeah, why they don't get? What, what's with this gaming thing? Just do YouTube Live. Just call it YouTube Live, and just you can blog your life. You know, mm-hmm. cooking. Cooking could have been big on YouTube. Could have. If you look at the 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 stats here, are a little bit better too. If it compares uh, Asia, North America, and Europe for gaming video content. It shows you know North America is pretty much on par with Asia for gaming video content in terms of monetization. So, you know, obviously YouTube and Twitch are still pretty big. I think Twitch is only going to increase their lead. YouTube was crazy to not buy uh, on Twitch because everyone's everyone is, has their eyeballs on Twitch for this. YouTube uh, gaming monopoly is over. It, it should be noted that that's a problem with like every major streaming platform. Whereas YouTube is kind of all-purpose and a lot of video repositories, as I'll call them, are multi-purpose. Like, every streaming platform, the major ones, they're all very specific to one market. So you have, like, Twitch and YouTube Gaming are for gaming. And then you have, like, oh, what's it called? There's another site that is explicitly for art, and you're only allowed to stream, like, one hour of gaming to, like, as a break every now and then. So if you want to stop doing the art thing, but you still want to stream, you can, like, game for an hour, but then they require you to go back to art. What so, the hell? This is the problem with streaming sites, and that there's there's no general purpose one, or at least if there are, there are no major general. Yo, Twitch is trying uh, to capture that market, Matt. They have an IRL category now. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah they see, added a in-real-life category. Uh, streaming IRL guys right now. Well, this is, this is smart on Twitch's part, because yeah, it is. YouTube hook the chance that they had and they squandered it they, they went, really did they went, yeah they went pewdiepie is our biggest person twitch is all gaming and there's they're big so why don't we just make it all gaming and they squandered it they fucked that up major like big time and when i first saw their streaming platform and i saw youtube gaming i'm like what the fuck is youtube doing <laughs> like Mm, I, I found so somebody. Somebody is streaming Frog Fractions, and he's got three thousand viewers. I'm so jealous. What? Two it's or a, one? It's a, I don't know. It's the stupidest Flash game in the world. Isn't there's a, there's an, two is like inside some other game? Uh, I don't know. What are know. you talking about? Frog Fractions is brilliant. It, it, it is? A, uh, man, I'm so glad you know what Frog Fractions is. What a what a great game. What a weird game. But like, how would I not know what that is? That's it's like so one of the obscure. biggest Come indie on. games of recent Wait, time. Wait, you guys in here too, though? Hold on. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's it's inside a twenty dollars Steam game. What game? It's like fairy something. Here, let me let me, let me find it for you guys. Uh, I'm just surprised you guys knew what Frog Fractions was. I was good shit, boys. I don't know the Frog Fractions. I know it was that big of a game. Just, I thought it was a hilarious game though. It was huge. It's inside good glitter mitten groove. So if, right, you, anyway. if you buy this Dookie Steam game for twenty bucks, you you get. Uh, you got to do something in the game, and you can play Frog Fractions too. Somebody, I linked Frog Fractions in our Twitch chat, so they can they can enjoy that quality you know, content. I think what you're missing is this is Frog Fraction. That's just their way of like gating the content to the actual Frog Fractions. 
That's what they did with the first game. It was like the first game was Frog Fractions, literally, and then it was Frog Fractions, the full game. Like you had to get out of the Frog Fractions game to get to the Frog Fractions game. Well, there was more to the what I was playing than this. No, the, the original game was literally Frog Fractions. When you first start it up, you're literally playing Frog Fractions. This game, Gl like, Glitter More Groove. What? I'm confused. No, when you first up start up Frog Fractions, it's right. literally a game of frogs and fractions. Yes, you're yes, literally yes, playing yes, Frog Fractions. Yes. You had to get out of that. So this uh, Glitter Mitten Grove is the Frog Fractions to Frog Fractions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta play the game and then get out into Frog Fractions too. Yeah. yeah. All right, that's uh, enough Frog Fractions discussion, boys. I never thought we'd be discussing Frog Fractions for more than ten seconds, ever, but. <laughs> We did it. Great. It's brilliant. It is brilliant. About? It, I agree. They, they, <laughs> I mean, but the thing is, most people aren't going to play that Flash game for more than 10 seconds to like realize there's more to it. Everyone's like, I'm so confused right now. When I linked them Frog Fractions, like, what the hell is this? It's like the it's weirdest thing. You have to be, I have to be like, wait, you got to commit like five minutes like figuring out what to do, okay? And then the game gets more and more absurd as it goes on. And it's amazing. I don't remember how long I played Frog Fractions before I finally figured out the like secret to it. Yeah, you out. have to go down. <laughs> wait, wait, there's gotta be more to this. I'm sitting there on like the dragon, right? Like, yeah. There's this dragon there, right? And I'm like, okay, this is cool, but why do I have a dragon? <laughs> <laughs> game of the year, guys. Game of the year. Frog Fractions. <laughs> All right. Well, with that, game of the year. Just the year is coming to uh, a close, and that means even this podcast must come to a close. Uh, uh, I don't know if that made any sense, but that's it. Well, if you guys want to stick around for the overtime, we will do a quick drawing for the Viper VPN giveaway that was on the site for a while. And uh, next week, hopefully, both Shu and Gumby should be able to join us. Next week, we'll have more to talk about because yeah, holidays kind of kept everything a little bit, and, a little uh, bit iffy. We'll also have our own New Year's stories to talk about, so <coughs> you know, don't go too crazy. Oh. You'll have to share it here. <laughs> Before we go offline, just a quick note, quick note. So, I forgot to write it today. So, apparently, um, Shards Online, they're aiming for a January alpha date, which means it'll be on Steam in January. Hmm, nice. All right, that's, that's it. it. All right, guys, so watch us live on Twitch if you're watching on YouTube. If you're already on Twitch, you can stick around for the after show. Like Omar said, we're giving away stuff. This time, it's going to be VPN accounts premium vpn accounts yep. so if you want freebies do watch us live for uh keys closed beta keys for upcoming games or little freebies like this and with that have a wonderful new year's peace have an awesome new year's guys later see you